Bear the comic. What's up, man? You're back. Dude, I, I, I knew that you weren't around. Yeah. Uh, and I was like sad about it because I, I knew I couldn't just call you up for a podcast. Dude, um, like if you ever get to where you can like video one or like do one remotely, I'm happy to do uh, it. Well, I will. I will. Because here's the thing. I can't. That's a bullshit excuse. Like I can't not talk to certain people just because they won't come sit in my studio, whether that's at my house or like I because I, I do recording at the I almost asked you to come to Moralton when I kind of pieced together. It looked like you were driving from Little Rock. Yeah. But we talked about that. I had to get out of there. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Well, anytime I'm in town, like I'm happy to come. Word. Up. Anytime you're you're coming through, seeing family, let me know. I try and keep up with you. I know John from the gym. Yeah. Uh, he's a big fan. He keeps up with you. Shout out to John. I think that he's probably listening to this. What's up, John? So, because uh, he's made comments about you being on before. Um, were you on Chris Thompson's podcast? I did. I did See, one He episode. does phone. Yeah, right? that's so, exactly what I was in my camper up by the lake and uh, was just sitting there before class and he called me and we had like a really good conversation. Yeah, I, I did that too. So like, and he, he kind of went over with me how to uh, chain in your phone. I just haven't, and, and I'm going to. Like that's the goals on the new studio at the new gym are uh, angle you, angle and me versus just a side angle. Yeah. Um. So two cameras and then multiple shots. I've wanted to do that with this room. I played around with the second shot. I used to have two chairs for a minute, and I was like, ah. But I got that whiskey barrel table in the other room. I don't know if you've seen it, but I so haven't like, seen it now. I want to do like a bar stools whiskey barrel. It's got a glass top on it, and just as a second shot. Right? That's one of the things that I didn't realize till I started trying to make funny videos for like Instagram and YouTube that like. There's a lot of shots that I never thought of because I've never filmed anything before and I've never had to edit anything together before. I did not realize what makes those look so good. Yeah. And so, like, doing just one shot for the whole way, like, especially if you're trying to have a twist come or, like, something yeah. comedic, like, that really gets in the way. It does. And, you know, like, Joe Rogan uses this thing called a TriCaster, and I heard that they stopped using it and started using something else, but I can't verify what else they're using. I know they stopped doing the YouTube live stream because, dude, YouTube just keeps pouring on the limitations. It kind of sucks. Yeah, and they're also starting to censor a lot of different... Yeah, Stuff well, they. Um, I just got the email yesterday where they said they will no longer advertise to kids. I was like, you guys were advertising to kids. I never knew that. Yeah, well, basically, they, I guess, uh, legislatively, had, uh, there was something that came through. I got emails about it and read into it, but where they were, kids kids are creators, so tons, but also like Ian Warnick, um, he's a kid from the gym. He goes, he's like plugged into like this online YouTube community. So let's say he's like at home and he's just trying to watch Minecraft videos and then he gets served an ad for. So, so they can't serve ads on Minecraft videos, basically. Like, okay. So like basically like Ian, he, he could be on his parents account or something mm -hmm. and they're, and it's like, Hey, you know, your dad watches these kind of videos or you're, you know, you just visited a website asking about Scientology in Arkansas out of curiosity and now you're getting a Scientology ad on YouTube. <laughs> like right. that's the way it was working. Like the algorithm had gotten so to, uh, tuned in. Like I remember I was just watching, uh, Scientology documentaries and then mm -hmm. I started getting ads like crazy for like joining Scientology or yes but it? I was watching like Louis Thoreau documentaries and shit you okay. know what I'm saying yeah. like I'd seen going clear and I was like oh man it's fascinating I wonder what else is out there but <clears throat> they they brought down all these 
rules and regs, man. And uh, like I have to go through a two-step process extra to put a video up now. Damn, I didn't know that. It's because of the kids thing. I have to yeah. say, no, it's not for kids, but yes, you can be under 18 and view this. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense that they would advertise to kids because <clears throat> like, and I'm sure because my son, that's one of the things that he absolutely loves is YouTube. If he's not like actively engaged in like something physical, yeah, or he's outside, now, he's bro. six. Wow. Yeah, wow. but that's one of his favorite things. He's on when he's chilling, um, when he's done with his homework or he's done with whatever playing he's going to do. He'll sit down and watch YouTube videos, and mm. like obviously the extreme opposite of that. My grandparents, I try to like. Uh, like give them a piece of technology or hanging out with them and say oh have you seen this or have you seen that all they're watching is old school like direct tv and yeah. they're not and that's a completely different realm as far as advertisement and like what it's geared towards than youtube would be man so, I, I remember vividly when my grandparents made the switch to a flat screen and a D and dvd setup yeah and it was like dude that was less than 10 years ago and it was such a big like they still had the big box mm -hmm. style tv with like tons of stuff like a like a little decorative whatever my grandma had up there and then they had this bench next to it and you lifted the bench seat up VHS tapes got some Gettysburg in there, yep. just tons of uh, tons of classics. I remember from when I was a kid. That's what my grandpa has got all the John Wayne movies. That's all he has. Oh, it's dude, just like so every many. John Wayne movie. Okay, on I VHS. just I just recently rewatched um, Comancheros. Okay. that was a good one. Right? Yes, it was. So, uh, but I also I read and oh, this dude was on Joe Rogan. SC Wentz, uh, Wentz. I'm reading his book right oh, now. I'm almost done. Oh, dude, I finished book. it. Oh, you actually think? Okay, so like I love that. Good. Book. I'm glad to hear that because I thought that it might have been dense enough in history that mm -hmm. like a non-historian wouldn't appreciate it. That's what no, I, th I, I felt. Was, I was worried about that when I read it. That was like one of my potential critiques. Like literally, that's one of the books that I got for Christmas from my family. And like every night, my family's been going because I'm on California time since I live out there now. Mm -hmm. And plus, I'm doing stand-up, so I'm late. Two up hours earlier, night. correct? Right. Yeah. And so, like, my sleeping schedule is completely different from my family. But like, I've I love spending time with my family and hanging out with them. But as soon as they all go to bed, like, boom, I've been popping open that book. And, like, I've yeah. been amazed at what I've been reading. Like, yeah. I was – and because I love riding horses. I grew up on a horse ranch. And so, like, hearing – or like reading firsthand how good the Comanches were on horseback and the different feats that they could do. I like. know, dude. I mean, I've heard about it and stuff. Yeah. But what's fascinating too, the searcher's story. Yeah. And its connection, even in some of the character names. Remember Lucy? Mm -hmm. um, it, that's the same name as one of the girls that got kidnapped and that, uh, the girl that... Um, is it Lucy that gets kidnapped or is that the sister that dies in the canyon in the searchers um, that he wraps in his confederate, his Johnny Reb jacket? Um, I don't remember. I just recently rewatched it, but I couldn't yeah. remember. Like I was trying to connect the historiosity of the searchers mm -hmm. to what Wynn was talking about because they are loosely based. That, well, the searchers plot line girl is that's Parker. Yeah, that's that's uh, Cincy Ann Parker. Him. Oh, that's mine. Thank you. Yeah, and hearing about how much he went back out looking for him and how like every time he almost died and then the, the whole like them here hearing that first time the term ranger was used in mm -hmm. american military history or whatever you want to call that um but man that was chock 
full of great history. Yeah. Um, and it was so dense. Like, what is like, tw- was it 25 chapters or am I exaggerating? No, it's 20, at least 23. 23, 23 yeah. maybe. Yeah. But man, I, like, I, maybe I was thinking 25 because with the um, introduction or something like that. But yeah. I was telling my mom this uh, last night about that book because I'm trying to get my whole family to read it. And. I've been telling everybody like about it too. I the girl I was you met her Chandler the girl I was dating yeah I would dude I was just thinking because I like every time I hear that name because I thought about that Chandler yeah, yeah like Chandler Bong from yeah. that Friends episode anyway. yeah but uh, she lived in Wimberley Texas which is like at the peak of where all that stuff was happening so like I've been reading this book in like places I've been places I've seen yeah and I right uh the girl i dated after chandler was cherokee where her family had been on the trail of tears was in oklahoma so a lot of the places in oklahoma that's in that book i've been dude i did this big segment in my arkansas history class over native americans in arkansas i mean i covered that all throughout from the whole beginning of the class but yeah particularly like how did Cherokee get to Arkansas? How did the five civilized tribes get to Arkansas and their participation in the civil war, dude? Yeah. It's, it's wild. Like, because they were promised they would never have to fight outside of Oklahoma. They, cause almost all of the tribes in Oklahoma joined the Confederacy. Yeah. Right. There was a lot of native Americans that swapped sides or tribes. And then a lot of natives that fought in the Confederacy, but there was uh, some Albert Pike's guys, um, and uh, I can't remember if it's Prairie Grove or Pea Ridge, honestly. I, I hate that I can't remember that, but that's why I have lecture notes. <laughs> but in one of those battles, uh, his his Cherokee troops scalped a bunch of people. They just were like, fuck them, they're the enemy, you know? Um, well, that's one of the things, like, reading, like, how the philosophy was so different between their culture and white culture and, like, like the story of Christianity and, like, the morals that they people held on to because of it and then you hear about what the comanches did and it's like yeah we're gonna kill like there is no surrender we kill everybody um if they're i loved i loved how you went into some of the things like because i'd heard that the apache like were not like just non-religious right and i don't remember he didn't really go into that but he was talking about how like the comanche viewed nature mm-hmm. and spirituality and religion yeah. and quanta did, didn't he go into something about quanta parker uh quanta parker getting hooked on peyote yes that's in there about how yeah. that, that was one of the things he wouldn't give up like at the end when he was living in white civilization mm-hmm. that was one of the things that all the christian churchgoers like hey you need to stop doing peyote and he was like fuck was you. it quanta parker that said this um, yes, it was. I think it was maybe in that book uh, or somewhere else I was reading. So I looked up tons of stuff while I was reading it. But mm-hmm. he's like, white man, go to church to talk about Jesus. I go in that teepee over there and do peyote to hang out with Jesus. Like <laughs> yeah. basically what he's saying. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that was exactly what he was saying. He's like, you guys are talking about him. I'm like hanging out with him in here. All right. Like it's getting weird and I like it. Yeah. And anybody that's ever experienced uh, a psychedelic like that could attest with the difference between what those two experiences are and why you would choose one over the other. Okay. So, you know, Maynard from Tool, A Perfect Circle, Pussifer, yeah. and on Joe Rogan several times, his book, New York Times bestseller, I just finished it listening to it. Great, dude. It's called A Perfect Union of Contrary Things. He talks okay. a little bit about peyote in there, but it, it, it's the story of all of those bands. Yeah, he went to West Point Prep. Like the dude, I didn't know that. The dude is a genius. Like, yeah. I mean, you can kind of tell he's a creative genius, but to hear his story and like, honestly, he writes a lot of his stuff about his mom. 
And now I've heard that whole story of his mom had an aneurysm when he was 11. They went to live with his dad because she couldn't take care of him. It goes into vivid detail because that's all you ever hear is what I just said. Yeah. But it goes into vivid details of like what it was like before that. And her church like was like, oh, your sins. This is the punishment. Damn. Yeah, dude. That, especially as an 11 year old. Like, yeah, how are yeah. you going to react? Well, I mean, if you listen to like um, opiates, um, that's a criticism on his mom's church. Jesus Christ, won't you come and save my life now? But he has so many songs where he's being critical or, I mean, he has songs about like Jesus's uh, Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Uh, but Judith. Judith is about his mom's uh, aneurysm, 100%. It's a perfect circle song, but um, it's wild. Like, honestly, I tell, and I just, I've told a couple people this, but when I heard that song after reading that book, it made me cry. And it's a rock song, dude. I, have you heard Judas? Are you familiar with no, it? No, I'm, I'm not. Throw, I'm going to throw it up on the TV real quick. Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, let me plug in the TV because we, unplug- we unplugged it the other day for to listen to a concert, uh, not through the headphones. All right. And uh, if it comes... Like, dude, we had one day we were doing an album review and it caught like the... Um, it caught some of the audio in the mic in YouTube flagged it. We're like, you can never make money off this video. Wow. But if it gets famous, we might put an ad on it, but we're going to take that money. Yeah. And Absolutely. I was just Why like, wouldn't yeah, you? I know, right? It <laughs> makes total sense. But uh, yeah, uh, I'll get this queued up. <clears throat> Dude, it's really cool that like humans have evolved to have art the way that we do and with consciousness like like talking about him making that song about his mom like living through a tragedy and all the being able to turn it into something like that right like that something that obviously moves people that he's never met never seen and they just identify with it and it's like you said it made you cry that's awesome and he goes into like when his mom passed away and here's another thing about yeah and i don't know if it's the same church like her whole life or Mm -hmm. what but it goes into his mom was like she was trying to avoid going into like full-time care facility and some other guy i want to say from her church and she and they were like elderly Mm -hmm. at that time they started living together to basically avoid going into a full-time care home and the church was like living in sin and maynard reads excerpts of the book but he read a little excerpt there and it's like they could and he even said he's like they couldn't even have sex damn and it's like but that's um here we'll listen to we'll listen to judas real quick okay yeah this is a, a perfect circle so this is maynard's second band after tool uh actually he was in a band before that that ha- had a gold album it goes into all that history man i love this song <clears throat> this is a pretty popular a perfect circle song like yeah um <clears throat> but uh I never, I kind, I, I knew, and like you can tell, it's a criticism on, uh, on Christianity. But I never knew as much of the story. Just hearing that whole story about his mom, it, it's yeah. wrenching.
his mom's name was Judith Marie. Okay. Yeah. And he loved his mom, dude. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the the feeling I got listening to the book. Well, like, that's really cool that you mentioned that because I, when I stopped being a Christian and stopped believing the literal translation of the Bible, that was one of my big criticisms. I had a philosophy class where we discussed the problem of evil, and that really sat with me. And then seeing <sighs> yes. how people in churches treated my mom when she would come in and like because my mom had to bounce my mom's deeply christian and very devout but she's had to bounce from a lot of different places and because of people being judgmental or people that are that i feel like after having doing psychedelics and having like kind of like what quano was saying in the book like hey you've talked about him i've talked to him like i've been hung out with him after you've experienced something like that you like somewhere else. Right. That's and, a, that's where I that kind of have heard other people describe that experience of being like sort of, uh, he did it all for you. Mm-hmm. Um, being kind of agnostic leaning <clears throat> and then um, actually being more God, believing in a God or a higher power or a Messiah of some kind. That's even, where I'm at. Right. Because of... Um, like Voltaire had this quote, and I've, I think I've said this a few times on the podcast, but a little bit of philosophy will make you an atheist, but a lot of philosophy will make you believe in God, right? So, it's, And that might yeah. be a, a slight paraphrase, but that's pretty pretty damn near the quote. But that is, um, I've heard people talk about that, that uh, they would say the same thing. It's like, yeah, there's, there's some other, whether it's a, a different dimension, a parallel dimension, there's something else going on. I feel like humans on the entire planet have all been trying to describe the same thing. And it's just different culturally or langu- like the language bears or whatever. Like we're almost talking about the same thing because there's so many parallels across all of them the 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 thing that started fascinating me the most is the uh, is the concept of collective consciousness like you like carl jung's Mm -hmm. psychology and philosophy but if there is a collective consciousness okay and we have the internet so we can google anything like we all have access like to the the best fastest and from well we know all like it's controlled in some countries yeah but that that has such like vast uh implications with what we could do i mean you mentioned the the problem of evil a second ago sides to sidetrack like digital evil like i think about that a lot what is digital evil like child pornography oh yeah um like uh, human sex trafficking through Mm -hmm. the dark web heroin on the dark web i just read a book on audible it was a free it was one of the originals the dark web that like the dark web started by the u.s navy is a spy mechanism safe spy network i think i've heard that before and and it's dude it's tax subsidized taxpayers american taxpayers me and you I did not We're know paying that. for that shit. But like, dude, there's the, the amount of bad stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. And, the, and then like the argument is, is just, well, it does the bad stuff that goes on is like the, the, the positive on there outweigh that, you know, I got sidetracked a second ago. I don't remember what we were saying. That's a good I point. Jumped onto the dark web story, but, but okay, let's go collective consciousness. Let's go to collective consciousness. Now think about the internet as like the collective consciousness, the best representation we have of the collective consciousness of the world. It's very human because there's like 
part of it that you're like, man, this is awesome. This is amazing. This is, I mean, it's kind of like a Taoist thing where there's that flip side. There's that mm-hmm. dark too. And then you're trying to be right there in the middle, trying to figure out how to make sure that you're the good outweighs the bad. Yeah. It, well, okay. So that you, back, you mentioned the psychedelics thing is I've thought about this several times. It's like really the, it, it really with that history of the counterculture movement is how do you change the collective consciousness? Well, through, news fake news information control of information dissemination spread of information your country can't have the internet or whatever it is but also through the introduction of new ideas that have not existed in the current collective consciousness so if this is a collective consciousness mm-hmm. and these are ideas how does an or, or something new how does that get in the collective consciousness because i mean could you make the argument well no, you know there's nothing new nobody thinks of anything new or, or whatever but it's like we constantly have this innovation and evolution pushing forward so i think it's scalable down <clears throat> at least in some part to an individual so think about where our own ideas that are new or original like for me when i'm trying to write jokes for comedy like a lot of what i'm writing and stuff is what makes it funny is that it's that thought that I know I've never had before that I know no one else has ever had. And it's an interesting, it's like, it's like I logically put together something for the first time. And I take two things that I never saw a connection between them, connect them. And then now all of a sudden I have a completely different perspective. I think that in some way could scale up to like the collective consciousness is that there's, you're going to have those moments where as conscious beings and as people, we're going to be able to put things together that we couldn't, uh, put together before like we're always getting smarter we're always like if you're not evolving you're like i don't know what you're doing here like if you're not trying to get smarter or and this amount of i guess the amount of people contributing to the evolution some people are doing psychedelic drugs some people are um geniuses some people are reading tons of books their whole life some people are writing tons of books the contributions are so wide and varied now um and and they can't I see I guess I'm basically saying I see the way that they can be uh, influenced almost mm-hmm. in uh, like we watched this brief video at work the other day it was forced upon me but it was <laughs> it was pretty good it was, about, it was about the butterfly effect okay right of like hey you know <clears throat> he told this story and he just kept backing it up a, a step just like but it was really this guy this guy met Quantrill's Raiders and got this kid. And then this kid, he grew up to be the kid that worked for President Roosevelt. And this guy is who got credit for President Roosevelt. He was his vice president. And he started this program that this guy oversaw. But this guy's mom was killed in, in the Civil War by, you know, guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this guy raised him as his own. But he started with, like, this thing where, like, they gave this guy credit for something agricultural like something historic and it was like he's like yeah man that's like an an understatement and but he was like it was really this guy but he just kept backing it up yeah and it was so like he backed it up to the civil war where he's like this dude just saved this kid and then this kid grew up and was appointed by the vice president to do this super influential thing, mm-hmm. which FDR gets credit for. And it was just like, he brought it from like present day all the way back. It was interesting, but it was the, he was talking about the butterfly effect about how, how there, how you can make ripples. I mean, like anybody that's ever hunted or like has ever read the history of hunting 
and especially with North American culture and Western culture, like you can see ripples in just like animal populations where you just talk about like if you take out too much of the breeding stock and you're not paying attention to the herd health and stuff, you can affect generations you're taking out yeah genes that's from conservation that's yeah. what people don't get that side i mean i grew up hunting um you ever kill a freak buck a freak buck like like a buck with like tons of crazy horns like no i've killed my biggest buck i've ever killed had a couple kickers but it wasn't anything dude i've seen there used to be a place in clarksville where yeah. i'm from called whitetail world and it was like one of the but it had that's all it was is freak bucks yeah uh but they like just, just like, non-typicals where it's yeah non yeah yeah, yeah. And, um and i've seen some where their horn would like grow back into their head like Dude, a, they'd have like a what's that called eye guard or something mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i saw a uh, thing on instagram that nature is metal of a goat that uh, some type of mountain goat but horns that had grown that back maybe that's what i was thinking of but well no i've seen that with the deer too i've seen that yeah. actually with maybe it happens two or three with deer animals. it happens with uh goats it happens with uh, those they talked about it on uh rogan's podcast those pig deer that are in Asia with the uh, tusks. The tusks, yes, yes. The old males, that's a lot of how some of them die is they, they just fucking fight and then they're the top guy and then eventually their own tusk impale them if yeah. they don't break off and fight when they're fighting. Man, I saw uh, the the guys that own Quiznos here in town. They had like a razor back the other day. I don't know if they own it, but they have all these animals like mm-hmm. barnyard animals, farm animals, and you, I think they even have a llama, man. <laughs> but... They have all these animals, and man, its tusks were huge, but it it appeared to be domesticated. They were, like, giving it an apple or something. Mm. Things are dangerous. One of them came after my grandpa. Uh, He was taking out the trash down in Gurdon, Arkansas, and he lives out in the country. Wild hog. Yeah, wild hog saw him coming, and they're very aggressive. And they're hard to stop. Yeah, they are. If you don't have a a high-powered rifle or or pan gun, a lot of people are hunting them with, like, a forty-four mag or something. Yeah, I've got some buddies that I went to high school with that are nuts, but they they use dogs to catch them, and then they'll go in, grab their legs, and just use a knife. And and I I don't need that. Okay, so I was hanging out with these guys in high school and we were all went muzzleloading hunting and we all like i think we were maybe 14 15 at the time and we all go out to my buddy ryan it's his deer lease so we go out there and he's telling us about the hogs and all week like at school and stuff i've just heard stories about these hogs where and we're all like, oh i ain't scared of hogs and we're all trying to like you know be 14 year old guys and like man i'll, I'll kill a hog i ain't scared we all got there muzzleloading hunting and we heard this like it's dark we all sit around this huge uh, cypress tree down in the swamp and on like think of like northwest south and east like we're all sitting on the corners of this mm-hmm. tree and we can't see each other we all got our back to the tree and there's this pack of pigs comes in and the swamps down there some of the uh, trees the roots are barely in the ground because of how wet it is yeah i've and seen so, that i've seen that some of this land over here is like that yeah. because you, you where the lake is yeah so these hogs come in and knock one of the trees over and it's like jurassic park so it's dark we're out there we're being real quiet and all we hear is like a pack of pigs and then we see trees falling over and like it gets real quiet and then all you hear is click 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 we're all pulling the hammers back on those muzzle loaders because that's all we they got they kill everything man they yeah. come in and root up everything i could see them pushing over tiny trees i remember one time my dad and i were hunting down in like uh some swampy area off of horsehead creek and mm-hmm. uh it's between coal hill and clarksville and you could just like push over trees you could just push them over just those thin little trees but core and i walk the dogs out here by the from the park you can walk like around they got this huge trail and i mm-hmm. think i'm not sure but i think it comes out over by the wall if so i will start biking to the new to the new gym especially. oh yeah the uh 
um what's that called the what's that part called the shallow no the trail that's right there um, i forget the name of bonadilla yeah bonadilla um i know that uh if it connects to that because that comes out to by the wall yeah i used to run that i would park at bonadilla and then run to planet fitness and then run back well i noticed core and i made this big square and we got to where like we could walk back onto pleasant view like how you get out here mm-hmm. and um but we could have, when we turned to walk right back to Pleasant View, we could have walked left, like, towards, and I was like, man, maybe that, because the wall wouldn't be, but, like, 400 yards that way or something from yeah. where we were, because yeah, apparently they fly drones and stuff over there, you know, like that little field kind of on your way in. Yeah. I don't know if you paid much attention, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a nice little area out here. I think about, like, selling this house sometime, like, after I own it for, like, five years, and, and then I'm like, man, but it's like pretty prime position i i wouldn't mind living on like crow mountain that's where garrison's folks live on crow mountain it's yeah. great up there yeah well and i could hop off to, you know you can get right to rest about the same amount of time from here or it's a little faster to hop on the interstate if i'm gonna go to morlton forever you know? yeah so yeah dude I, speaking of those trees that were falling over i was i went hunting with my girlfriend or girl i was dating and uh like she was being she was following me and she didn't have a rifle she just wanted to go with me just spend time with me and like she was being very loud as we were trying to creep through these woods like stepping on sticks and just kind of not really being aware in the woods and i was getting real frustrated i was like hey you've got to be quiet and we start coming down this little ravine and i passed a dead tree that i didn't realize was uh as dead as it was and because i stepped on the root system it starts to fall on top mm. of me and she's like freaking she doesn't want to say anything because i was like hey like you've got to be quiet so she just grabs it and ends up rolling down the hill. it was one of the most comical things i've ever seen in my life she was fine and then i felt terrible because i was like oh yeah you definitely could have said something if you know a tree's about to fall on me so i kind of felt like an asshole but it was really funny man i'm just i don't know why i'm thinking about this i had so many encounters with snakes in the deer woods man. yeah like uh i remember muzzleloading this is probably what made me think of it. i remember i sat down in muzzleloading season one time i was probably like 14 years old and i sat down i've been sitting there for like a second it was like it was a rock that i sat on all the freaking time dude yeah it was actually the very first deer i shot at and hit but did not kill um was from that rock like and, and that was like t- like seasons earlier so i was sitting there with my muzzle loader and i'm just like looking around and i look down and there's like something abnormal mm-hmm. and it's a fucking snake curled up dude and it was weird because it was like my legs were frozen mm-hmm. but i knew i had to get the fuck up because i knew I only i was like i'm not about to blow to shoot this muzzleloader right. with this snake you know it, it was an awkward position to be because like what i did is i like went like that with my legs like i, I leaned back and mm-hmm. like lifted my legs up versus like stepping over man it was but i did i've been walking through a field and then just like look down there be a snake in between my boom shoot it with my shotgun rabbit hunting so many encounters no, no, like that hunting. dude fishing too yeah Especially if you're going fishing about the time the fish are spawning, that's about the same time that the snakes are breeding. Yeah, like it's you ever hung limb nature. lines, bro? Hung what? Limb lines? No, I've hung. I run trot lines, but I, it's basically the same kind with the yo-yos, same. right? Yeah, yeah. When you get tired of doing down the middle of the uh, creek, you do up and down the sides. Yeah, uh, I've definitely like, seen them when I've been floating. And stuff. My dad would would do them when I was a kid, and we had this flat bottom, and we we were fishing this hole. 
and he had a trot line down the middle and he had all these limb lines man and and we were we were crushing i mean it was like a couple weeks i I forget there's all this family stuff going on we're having these big fish fries and stuff so they were catching tons of fish and there were all these snakes down there though and i remember dad's like get up under the limb line there's a snake on the tree yeah and um what happened is he had um I think it, it might have been a 22 Magnum pistol, but it was, it, but it could have been like a 44 Magnum. It was like, it could have been the dirty Harry, but I think it was, he has a dirty Harry now, like mm-hmm. 44. Um, but that one was 22 Magnum. Yeah. But he gets up to where like this snakes like right here in his face. And like, he like puts the gun like right there. And it's like, and it like falls in the boat and I'm like sitting in the boat and I'm, like, I'm just like you need to like I was freaked out by the gar we saw last night that was as yeah. big as a boat I need to get out of here and not come back man but uh, I remember too so here's a funny story there's a 20 gauge sitting right behind that door mm-hmm. it's a youth model New England single barrel shotgun hell yeah um, killed my first rabbit with it but he had that down there and like used it as a like used it to like push off like got it wet and got a little bit of rust on it and i like i like i was so pissed about it at the time you know yeah. i need to get it re-blued still from that same shit but he was because i always clean the shit out of my guns but um i was like yeah i remember that time still i'm like you remember that time you used my fucking 20 gauge a boat over <laughs> remember that and shooting that snake yeah freaking me out man i'm traumatized dude i uh so i talk about it on stage um I've got a bit about my brother because moving out to LA, like I grew up on a horse ranch. I like love hunting. I love being outdoors. And a lot of people out there, they're like, Oh, you're the most redneck thing that has ever walked or existed. And I'm like, I did hear you telling a funny deer joke the other day. Well, okay. So I, I, I got jokes about how like, I'm not the redneck in my family. My brother is like, because what he called me one day, I was out there um, getting ready to do a show, and he called me. It's like midnight here. He's waist deep in a creek, and he just found this water moccasin that was uh, cornered up in the reeds. And he was so excited because it was a one that was big enough. He was going to turn it into a badass strap for his banjo. And ding, 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 exactly. Ding, ding, ding. He, like, he's a great banjo player. He actually he moved to Texas. And that's he, one yeah. of the things that he like. He wants to be a banjo player. Wow. And I started playing mandolin a couple years ago, and I love it. Man. Yeah, it's a unique. Oh, he's music. great at it. Like he can pick the hell out of a banjo. But I just thought it was so funny that like <laughs> people hilarious. were making fun of me for being a redneck, and like meanwhile I'm on the phone with my brother that's like skinning a snake to turn into a strap for his banjo. Dude, I remember one time my cousin and I were fishing at this one hole on Horsa Creek that we would always fish at. And it was like, it was interesting because there was this huge uh, like power line right away that went through like, not just my grandpa's whole property, but like uh, even across the creek to like the next two properties of families we knew over there and stuff. And we'd fish like right there where it crosses the creek. And I was like out waist deep. And I was, I mean, I was like, there was like, what we did is like a cross and there was like a rock sort of sandbar. Mm -hmm. And then like I I, I waded out from the point of that to like waist deep. So I'm in the middle of the creek and I'm pretty far out from the sandbar. But I mean, I'm like 20 feet from the bank on both sides. But I like, there was some movement and I saw something falling off the bank on this side. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the biggest snakes I've seen on that creek. I've seen a lot of snakes on that creek. But um, 
I remember seeing its belly turn over and just like how big it was. And I couldn't get out of fucking Greek fat. <laughs> yeah, I don't oh, know snakes either, man. No, man, forget that. But I feel like I helped the snake population as a whole because, like, I'm doing them a service as being a predator to them. So, like, if I can see them, they die. And then natural selection, they have to stay away from me. Man, and- Cora and I drove around my grand- this place went over Christmas is why some of it's fresh. But we used to do frog gigs. Mm-hmm. in these two ponds over there and I remember driving by one and it's weird too I don't know still don't know any of the significance of this but there's this one little stretch of land there that I have a reoccurring dream about between these two ponds and I don't know why yeah. still as an adult I do it's 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 weird uh, but there's a second pond there's a pond like my grandpa made within my lifetime and then there's a second pond in the second pond uh, we saw some we went out in a flat bottom frog gigging in the middle of the night one time or it was probably like 10 o'clock it was like Friday night and uh, there were so many snakes I just remember being so freaked out and then there's another pond that the cows would drink out of on up the hill right and my dad was like trying to catch bait for his trot lines and stuff. So mm-hmm. he'd go around all these little ponds and put traps in. And, yeah. Or um, like we would like just jerk them out, like just like put a little like cricket on the line and just catch these little shiners, right? So he's trying to get all his bait. And he caught three water moccasins in this live trap. And I'll never forget seeing what it looked like. He had that sitting on the back of his truck or something. But they were just like, mm-hmm. all three of them were trying to like get out mm-hmm. and they couldn't because the, the, it's so creepy when they're moving fast like that. And they're, I used to catch them in a uh, crawdad traps, which I would go and put real bread. similar to what, yeah, very similar. And like, you, you got to be real careful, especially if it's in the springtime when you're pulling them up because you might pull up a trap and it's full of snakes. They get in your minnow buckets. Mm-hmm. You ever have like a, a minnow bucket yep. you leave in a pond or something? Yeah. Fuck all that, man. (laughs) But yeah, my dad, I I remember him like picking them off one by one in the trap. Just like he'd like line up and just down there in South Arkansas. They're also bad. Like on nights, it has to be a uh, hot night where or a hot day and then a cold night when it rains because like the asphalt will still be hot from the sun, but all the ground will be really cold from it raining. And so every snake will come up and get on the road. And so you'll be driving, and there'll just be just like 30. You'll go two miles, see 30 snakes. Bunch of, bunch of gators where you're from? Um, not many. Um, I've seen some actually closer to here. Uh, I've seen more gators yeah, here than I have down where I'm from. Yeah, I've only seen, well, I mean, honestly. There's a there's a gator that lives on a pond. In, yeah, uh, it does. Bonadilla, <clears throat> right? Uh, I was talking about uh, in the WMA, what's it called? The I hadn't lived here in so long. There's a WMA right outside of town, west of town, mm-hmm. and there's uh, several uh, small gators that live in there. Interesting. I would go coon hunting out there all the time, and every night we'd see it. Like, you'd shine your light out there, just pink eyes shining in the water. We've seen it a hundred times. I, yeah. I mean, I've <clears throat> I've heard about them being all over. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't say we have a problem, but it's definitely, like, we have them. I duck hunt out there, and I'm always real careful. But yeah, no, no, yeah. I've never seen one that was very big. But still, like, if you're in waist-deep water and it's somewhere where it's alligators, and usually you're duck hunting in the cold, so you ain't got to worry about it. But, like, some not, some like right now, it's really warm for January. And so if you're out there duck hunting and one's not fully hibernating or fully asleep. Dude, um, if family Christmas or somebody talking about paying $1,000 for a pair of uninsulated waders, 
Why would you? If they were insulated like up to the knee or something. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like ripped. a portion. Yeah. But I was like, I turned to Cora. She's listening. Out. I got like a whole bunch of, there. you can't see it, like, but I had some Star Wars shit over here. So I just recently started, I was like, fuck it, man. I'm going to rebuy all the toys I had from Star Wars from when I was a kid. Hell yeah, that's Display badass. them in the new studio. And so I'm just getting, I've been picking up a few things here and there. And she's like, why don't you stop buying fucking toys, Brian? And I was just like, <laughs> It's memorabilia, okay? <laughs> it's for the studio. Yeah. Like most things. Like, but if you notice, there's Star Wars puzzle somewhere in here. But um, <clears throat> have you uh, been watching The Mandalorian? Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my students, Josh Harrell, um, he would have been training there when you trained there. Uh, he got me this like plaque, like a Mandalorian plaque to put uh, in the new studio. That's so, awesome. Yeah, but I was like, I, I was, I've been buying some shit. And, like, Cord just gave me a hard time about it, like right, like, like right before that. And I looked over at her and I was like, you see, <laughs> I don't do shit like that. Yeah. Thousand dollars for a pair of waders, dude. I couldn't believe it. Unless you're like hunting in the Gulf of Mexico where you're duck hunting and there's it's you're literally in where they're migrating for the south. That I could see them like a really high dollar pair of waders yeah. that they don't want to get torn or I something. I think this guy was might have been from Stuttgart if memory serves because it was my it was my cousin's husband talking about one somebody from his family Chris and they're from Stuttgart. Yeah, which is somebody a, with more money than that. Aren't you from Stuttgart? I'm from Garden. Okay, which yeah, is how close in, to Stuttgart? Um, it's not? It's not. Okay, I'm, sorry. So Stuttgart is east of here. I'm south. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Where I'm from, it's uh, real close to the Little Missouri River and the Washita. And so we have oh, okay, some delta okay. that's similar to Stuttgart, but yeah. not to the yeah, yeah, yeah. grand extreme. Mm-hmm. So it's like a way smaller scale similar. We have a lot of pine trees, too. That's why the economy down there is all based around logging. So you have near the rivers, you have kind of farmland and delta land, and then everything else is pine trees that they everybody logs. Like all the guys that I went to high school with, they're all loggers. That's what they yeah. do. Dude, teaching Arkansas history has been interesting because I there's so much stuff about this. You see that quote I shared earlier about the state of Arkansas mm-hmm. or whatever? Yeah. I was reading yeah, it and... Yeah. Uh, not gonna lie, I, did, uh, I like glanced at it on the way over here and couldn't make full sense of it. Before exactly, I dude. That's the, the very first thing in the book. Yeah, it's like a paragraph, but that's from this classic um, short story writing uh, by that guy uh, Thorpe. And I remember the black one. He was the guy. He's one of the authors that textbook, and like pretty much the leading Arkansas historian and a leading civil war historian in his own right. Yeah. But he is taught, he, he had this little, uh, he would read that and he'd be like, the big bar. <laughs> yeah. The big bar. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, Arkansas is fascinating and it's fascinating to hear how people would write about it. Like Mark Twain and others when they first encountered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, there's a guy I run into the other days. He's, he's been in the gym, but he's, uh, like he's a genius he like wrote some some software program or something like he pretty much doesn't have to work and travels the whole world but he also works but he does it like remotely yeah right like he's he's got stuff going on i don't know he could be a spot i don't know i asked him to come on the podcast but he hadn't he hadn't reached out i was like dude you got my number text me hell yeah but um he said this he's like man like i met him when he just got back from thailand and since he told me he's like yeah you know uh he moved he lived in memphis for like a, a couple of years but he was just never there but he was he's like he'd gone to india and all these places since going to thailand like mm-hmm. dude's been over the whole world and he's like man really you know arkansas is the best stare 
the most nature the like the the um lowest cost of living i mean he just like rattled off all these things that are like really main concerns for people when they get to like you know talking about living places and yeah. stuff and um I, did, I thought that was fascinating i'm gonna need to turn these mics off right here dude so like i've the only time i've been out of the country is costa rica which was gorgeous and i've seen like i've been driving across the desert to do stand-up and like seeing the sunset in like arizona and places like that I, when i was in stillwater at oklahoma state that's out there uh starting to get to where comancheri or how do you say it for comancheria comancheria um like so i've seen sunsets there and it's i don't and maybe it's i'm biased because i grew up here but like i've seen southern california i've seen so many of these places and it's just especially how much we have compared to like because there's parts of california that are beautiful and there's parts of california that are ugly and disgusting and mm, but like arkansas is just no matter where you go like there is just inherent beauty in it and it's and you're right like there's so much nature here like it, you can't help but be a part of it and appreciate it and i love that about this place that's uh, that's kind of what that paragraph was saying it's like you you breathe in its air it'll make you snort like a horse yeah and that's one of the lines in it or, or close to one of the lines in it but but man one of the bit the pr- pr- prominent uh thesis statements or, or that are a common theme throughout that whole book is the image of arkansas as being backward and violent and you know the hillbilly image man there's it definitely does have that aspect of it i'm kin to most of them yeah like i uh family christmas man yeah there's a especially on my dad's side there's like dude it was funny the other day i was like i was standing around family christmas and like i had the i had all these same jeans i'm wearing which like I mean, it's like core guy for me for Chris. I could pair a Hollister, like pretty fitted. I, they're like, honestly, do they fit me better than any pair of jeans I, I probably have had? But they're like, they're not baggy at all. Yeah. Like, but they're not like skin tight at all either. They kind of taper down and get a little tighter. My cousin was like, dude, nice skinny jeans, man. <laughs> I was like, dude, when you could whip all three of you dudes' asses at once, you can dress however yeah, you want. Yeah, you can wear whatever you yeah, want. I was, just, gonna say I was just like, bro, what are we saying here? Like yeah. skinny jeans? I don't, I, I didn't even know I had that going on yeah, what are you doing it's funny. funny it is funny but man it, the the whole family dynamics at christmas i just like one of the reasons i'm looking forward to knocking cora up is <laughs> then i don't have to go then i'm gonna be like we're doing our own christmas guys sorry i mean i'm not just gonna not go i'll still go but man do we always make a minimum of three stops and we panned them out a little bit but so i think i ended up making four total stops and core made five damn that's a yeah lot. fuck that man that it just makes it a stressful thing i've been actually trying to to be better about that yeah but it's why what you may is like i've been getting up earlier mm-hmm. and and getting a workout in before i usually got up Mm -hmm. right so actually i have more time and energy now so i'm i'm my goal is to stick with that forever Mm -hmm. uh but yeah i've been getting up at four 
4 a.m. Yeah, doing the Jocko Willie Link thing. Jocko gets up at 4.30. Oh, okay. David Goggins, on the other hand, gets up <laughs> at 4. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Jocko, I, Jocko gets up at 4.30 because I just read Jocko's book too. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Goggins gets up at 4. Did you read the Leadership Tactics? Is that the book you're talking about? I haven't read. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I read Extreme read Ownership. Okay. I uh, listened to Extreme, whatever you want to say. Yeah. I listened to Extreme Ownership. Um, and but he has another one called the dichotomy of leadership, which the very last chapter in extreme ownership is called the dichotomy of leadership, mm-hmm. and it's like the longest chapter in the whole book. So I guess what they did is they it's like an hour and thirty seven minutes or something. I guess they turned that in, just boom, turned it. Or it was it was kind of a commercial. Gotcha. Too, they had kind of turned it into that. So, but they made a. I bet they were working on that as its own project at the time. But hell yeah, he's got that new one that's coming out. Though. Yeah, yeah. Really When's it wonder. come out? Do you know? I think January twenty seventh ish. Read that, dude. Yeah. I got an audible credit coming on the fifteenth. <laughs> I got Cora doing the audible. A bunch of people. I've just been posting about it, sharing my screenshots because that's dude, awesome. amazing. It's another thing that's like got me going out and running, man. I know it seems like some. It is just a cop out excuse, but like, I don't. I running is in other things are so passive. I just I refuse to fucking do them, dude. Like I won't go do them. So I'm like, man, you know. Uh, so, and then my health slips or whatever the issue is, and it's just like I did ten miles on a stationary bike yesterday for one of my workouts, a part of one of my workouts. And the whole time I was listening to uh, Atomic Habits, this other book. I'm almost done with it. And I was just, and these are the types of things they're talking about habit forming. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dude, that, that wasn't shit. Yeah. But dude, I can't, and I've been working out like every day almost for several weeks now, but on outside of jujitsu and everything else. But I was just like, man, I never would have done that without like AirPods, mm-hmm. like, or if you don't do Apple, like just any Bluetooth wireless Headphones. I've got a set that's very identical to this, no cord. And I, the changer, gym, dude. anytime I'm writing, like I'll go back and forth from listening to over the books. ear? Yeah. Do you like that? I love it. Um, I the only that. problem um, when I'm working out, like when I'm lifting weights and stuff, if my ear, like my head gets sweaty, oh, yeah, they'll start yeah. to fall off. So usually what I've been doing is wearing a hoodie and then putting the headphones outside of the hood. And that's not oh. a problem anymore. Yeah. What kind, what kind do you have? They're skull candies. I got them off of Amazon. They're like 50, 60 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And I see a lot of people doing the ones that kind of, like, they have the thing that goes yeah. on the back of their neck. I don't really know what's going on with it. But I'll, but because I fly so much and I'm on the road so much, like, having ones over the ear is way more comfortable than having some hard plastic in my ear. Do you, yeah, I know, dude. That I got cauliflower in this inside of my right ear, cauliflower, gotcha. and it's uh, it bothers me. Yeah. I, I prefer, I've been doing a lot more just, like, the left AirPod in. But uh, I've I've thought a lot about going to an over the ear, not just just for some of the stuff I do, maybe yeah. not. But I thought about the sweat too. So I don't know. yeah, I'm that was the only it. problem with the, the, the hoodie is a good sweat. idea because I mean I work out in a hoodie quite a bit actually. Yeah, I just started getting back into it because I uh, had gotten really overweight and just being real sedentary, writing all the time, doing stand up and nothing else. Yeah, and so I started back doing yoga. And I ended up having to come back to Arkansas because I injured my an old shoulder injury doing yoga. I was just so fat and out of shape. Yeah, did, have you had and shoulder I, surgery before? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Shoulder yeah. surgery. But, Same um, shoulder yeah. bothering you? Yeah, and I thought I was going to have to have surgery again, but luckily I didn't. And then I came back, started eating better, and doing yoga. And then I started 
intermittent going back to weightlifting in between yoga mm-hmm. and now i've been doing it every day for a few months and i feel and like i'll do cardio every time i do weightlifting i do cardio before and it like that's what i did before i came here today and it makes me feel so dude, much better dude. we tell ourselves to and like people like are like why are you working out you own a gym i'm like yeah and i fucking teach classes at that gym and and sometimes won't break a sweat but it's like a trap because at the end of the day i was getting t- i would be tired and i just mm-hmm. like i would teach the class and maybe i would roll most of the time i wouldn't and i would have times throughout the week that i would get my rolling in with nick on fridays or whoever right but it's just a cop out. It's just like, oh, I don't want to get up earlier, which you really just most people are really saying, like, I don't want to do with less sleep or I don't want to go to bed earlier. Yeah. Right. That's I my problem. Yeah. I don't. Well, man, it, it's it's weird. It's been interesting to me. I woke up seven minutes before my alarm this morning. And I've just been doing the 4 a.m. thing for just like a short time, not even a full mm-hmm. week. But I usually get up like 4.30, 4.45, like 5.30 at the absolute latest. And yeah. that's only on would be like, like a couple of days. But I'm actually going in to teach at 8, like 8 to 1, three days a week. And then I stay a little later. But if I get up at 4, if I'm, I get my whole coffee ritual shit in and then I'm at St. Mary's by 5, I've I've got a workout in like an hour in and I'm just going to do jujitsu or whatever, but I actually have more energy mm-hmm. sustained for longer throughout the day. But it's like, you tell yourself, like, Oh, I'm going to be tired. So I'm not going to do that. Like, oh. but then you're tired anyway, right? You're not doing it because you're tired. It's, it's a weird equation, especially man. when I'm doing like cardio or something. I, I hate cardio so much. And like, I've never, as much as I hate doing it, and like I dread it when I'm doing it. Sometimes I'll be exhausted and I'll do it half-ass, but I'll still do it. And like that, I've never regret. I've never after got done be like, man, I feel way worse than before I, know, I did. And I once know. you do it and just like suck it up and get it over with, you always feel better. And now I've gotten into the habit where like that's how I start my day. And if if my day doesn't have some type of physical aspect to it, like I get, I just don't I. I like it way better the other way. Yeah. And it helps me. It helps my brain stay clear when I'm trying to write for sure. or when I'm trying to focus. Cognitive boost, for sure. I totally believe that. And, man, I've just been doing this more, not as like a core focus of my workout, but dude, just fucking walking. Yeah. Like going for like a, like there's several times where I know I'm going to be at the fitness center for like an hour and a half. So like I'm going to get a good, good hard hour in or something. And I'll just walk the first 10 minutes and I'll stretch or um then i'll start doing something light like so, like uh some assisted pull-ups and and dips or something something to get me warm you know yeah and then i'll start getting into my workout but just like and then i do that at work that's kind of it just like dude we got a little trail i go for a little mile walk a little 15 minute walk or something and you just go back in you're fresh you got fresh air you got sunlight and you got a, a very light exercise mm-hmm. that is so much better than just sitting at your desk you know yeah or sitting in your recliner. I have a recliner in my office. Yeah. It's hard to do that in LA. There's so much smog and like there's so much traffic like finding a cool place to go or you go to the yeah. some parks that it's the same parks every tourist has heard of so there's so many people there. Yeah, I, I know. I experienced that at several of the places I went to and then it makes you think about stuff. It's like, yeah, anybody can just figure out where this is and come here. Yeah. And that's like growing up here and how different it is when you can have like you have a place you can 15 minutes go walk take a break you can go be in the woods like that yeah versus being in a place where like the 
I don't have woods near me. I have desert near me. Dude, I mean, I know we're we're not out in the country by any means. Right. There are some. There is some countryside around, like Hector mm-hmm. and shit. Yeah. But that's kind of like this. This area has a sort of a country feel. Mm-hmm. Like if we were like Clarksville, such a smaller community than Russellville. But if I was if I was ten minutes from Clarksville and about any direction, I'd be like, yeah, we live in the country. Yeah. You know, like we live out in the country. We're going to town. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. Yeah, well, dude, here's something too that like. Hold on, just I gotta use the rest. Hey, yeah, hey, let's let's do that. Let's pause the podcast. Okay. I also have to be. Do you can I get you another drink or anything? No, I'm fine. All man. Right, I'll say, I'll hit pause real quick. Okay, be right back. Like I'm mostly doing new, always writing, always doing new, always what I'm talking about, and then once I get that stuff that's really really good, I know it's ready for like the road when I. uh when I'm sick of it, I'm like, okay, I, yeah. I'm tired of telling this joke. I know it's going to get a laugh here. I know it's, oh, I'm going to trick them here. And then boom, they're going to laugh really hard. And it's like, isn't that crazy? Like what's tired for you is, uh, what people love to consume. Like, yeah. like think about, um, we, we, um, have remarked on this about like, uh, performers, actors, theaters, like Broadway, mm-hmm. you have to, do the same shit like 300 times and act like it's your first time. Think about Tool performing songs that are like, like Shism and 46 and two, mm-hmm. like songs that have been like, or Stink Fist or something. They did Stink Fist for the encore the other night when we saw them. But it's like, it, how many times did it panic? They, they played songs hundreds of times, maybe even over a thousand. Yeah. Right? Live. And it's like, but to still bring it. And, but and it's like but you know they're probably they got to kind of maybe be tired of playing it right are they just doing it for us or right. do they love it just like we do and how can you love your own stuff yeah that much it's like with my stuff and i'm nowhere near that level of performing for that many people or haven't done it that many times but it get like i love it when i make it because it makes me laugh and then seeing it make other people laugh i find a lot of meaning in that because it's so it's a skill that i never really had and so it's it's taken me a lot of work to get to where i'm at and so i i find that's very purposeful and meaningful just in my life i've set my whole life around that yeah. and so when i first get a new joke it's like it's like a a dog with on a track like i just i can't stop and then i do it so much that like I get to where I'm like, okay, I know that's funny. I need to, I need to go hunt again. I've already got that one down. I've already got that one subdued. I know how this one goes. I know how to, I can't extract any more juice out of this in any way. Now it's time to get on the new one. What's the next joke? What's the next funniest thing? Isn't it crazy? You, I experience this. I mean, just with the different things, whether it's a podcast, because I had like a six month period where I didn't even record a podcast because I was trying, like, honestly, I was just getting in my own way. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do this different setup in here. Like I could just not quite figure out what I wanted the studio to be like. And that's a constant evolution. I just kind of figured out. It's like, it, this is co- sort of what it's going to look like at the next spot, but like w- way more, way better. Dude, I love, this is absolutely beautiful. I was looking at these earlier, like wondering where you got Univers- them. Because- uh, okay. So all of this is from, um, all of the tapestries are from an artist named Jeff Wood, not Jeff Woods from the gym. He was talked about on the podcast mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, he teaches a new class at the gym, but <clears throat> Jeff Wood, he does uh he has this website called zen dragon gallery and he does a lot of the artwork for widespread panic he does like the foo fighters he does a lot of bands that you know and listen like and that you've heard of like 311 and shit like oh, that yeah. like um avid brothers man he does a lot of 
there's another book I have somewhere in here that is uh, full of concert posters done by this guy named Todd Slater. Mm-hmm. I don't think Todd, any of Todd Slater's stuff is for sale on Zen Dragon Gallery, but there's a lot of cool artwork on that. That's where all these tapestries came from. Awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out. Dude, it's like doing these puzzles. We have a third. This is a widespread panic puzzle. We have a third mm-hmm. one coming. That, that's one hanging on the wall behind the camera there. Uh, so like I'm gonna do like a like put all three of them in like on display. We might actually keep these here at the house. I don't know, but like, dude, there's this much artwork not hanging up, and half this much artwork in my music room. So like the in the music room, all of this, a new mixing board, and some other things are gonna be the staples of the new studio. Like yeah. I'm trying to be able to do like tiny desk concerts in the new studio, and you maybe have to bring only your instrument. Mm-hmm. If unless you want to play one of mine, yeah, because I got like a lot of guitars in there. That's dope. I, I got. I started. I like was running out of place to put them. I didn't want to start keep like screwing holes in my wall, hanging them on the wall. I got a couple of spots on the wall, but I got these like trees, and like you put three and three, so it holds six. Yeah, I got two of them. Hell yeah! Music store is going out of business. I I got a. I got for like almost half off. That's bad. I love playing guitar. I when I'm. In California, like I'm sure my roommates hate it because like I cannot play guitar well or sing well. You like, gotta do them both at the same time. Like which I I'm s- sure you're doing. Oh, I am. <laughs> like I sound like somebody's trying to fist a cat in a back alley. And but I love like something about it is just there's sometimes when I'm stressed out or I just need to do something like I just do it and I'm, I'm getting better and I know I'm terrible but I know I'm getting better. Do you get, so. do you get to play with other people very much? Sometimes, but it's very hard because I'm so bad that it's hard for other people to play with me. Yeah, well, I feel that way sometimes too. But I, I, I played for a long time, like 15 years. Mm-hmm. But see, I've thought about doing this. Like, I have a third tinier notebook in my bag where I just like write poetry and shit, mm-hmm. like like ideas for maybe song lyrics and stuff. But I thought about getting a, a composition book just for my guitar, like to log how much I practice per day. Um, chord. Oh, I never played those chords in that order. Yeah. With that timing, you know. It, but I jammed recently with uh, a guy that's been on the podcast, Neil Harrington. He's he runs the art gallery at Tech, and he's in a local band. Uh, and I'm, I want to get them to come to a ti- this tiny desk concert, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but we're gonna go really see cool. them play live. They're called Black Sabbatical. Okay, right? uh, but. I played with him and he plays lead. I'm more of a rhythm player. I used to be a, ba- I used to play bass primarily mm-hmm. for like first three or four years. I played music and I learned to play guitar and I learned to play bass by watching someone play guitar and I was teaching myself chords at the same time. So I started kind of piecing it together. But now I've been practicing scales theory. I have exercise and drills. So it's almost become as much, so much of a thing, like just like the physical exercise that I mm-hmm. want to log it. Like my jujitsu, like I want to log it, but I don't know. I may just get a, a couple more comp books and just start logging everything in the comp books because we type everything. And dude, two times since I've been working uh, for the university, I've lost my files. Damn that that's terrible. That's- I got them restored both times. I lo- I did lose a, so- a small segment from this one place but and it's it's frustrating. I don't want to get into all of it, but it's just like dude, just. <laughs> Yeah, like, dude, I've had Google Drive forever. Yeah. Like, unlimited space. Never had an issue with it, really. Like, one time there was a minor issue when they were doing some changeover stuff, but for, like, the last two years, no problems, unlimited storage, no no hassle, no BS. 
I use OneDrive, and that's where I keep. But everything. Yeah, that's what I, I use primarily now. Yeah, uh, but I will say that I um, one cache of those files I did lose from OneDrive, but it was it was our server. It was like our whole oh that our backup. And that'd so be heartbreaking. Well, for me. Uh, here's the thing: they just basically had to get Microsoft to get it back. Yeah, and I had to wait for them to do that. That's that's so frustrating because like with me. Like I started with everything was hand in comp books, and then I realized that like on a computer, just I get faster. And so getting that yeah. free flow out and just getting the ideas out, I'll get all the bullshit out and then take my ideas from that and write them in the comp book. And that's what gets me way more laser focused. And writing it out is how I remember it for the stage. See, that's I kind of do a little almost a reverse process for like my lecture notes and other yeah. stuff I create for content for my classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, because I'm thinking bigger picture, I'm like, I'm going to make audio lectures out of all this. I'm going to make video. I'm going to do podcasts out of that stuff. Like, I'm trying to think bigger picture with all of it. But I will basically take multiple modes, but I'll, I'll start with, like, notes. Either notes I'm taking over new shit I'm reading, mm-hmm. like, you know, Empire of the Summer Moon or whatever. And I, I know I'm going to assimilate that into whatever narrative so like i have a book i follow yep. but i'm always like i i pulled from several classes i had in school like interjected that into like the rough foundation i built like the first semester and then i'm just always like kind of taking notes but it's when i go back to that body of information and interject it in same thing with the jujitsu and it changed i changed the way i organized my jujitsu several times but <clears throat> now we we're we're doing kind of like a a three-tiered approach to how we teach jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. like and we're rolling it out like right now so i don't i don't know how good it's gonna be it's definitely be better than what we've been doing yeah uh and it's just evolution man but we're doing like the 10th planet warm-ups and they do like these specific warm-ups like flow drills pretty much or chain drills and then no gi's gonna do a certain set of themes gi's gonna do a different set of themes instead of them being synced up so that way it's less time between us working on stuff uh and then we're going to do these like advanced systems classes like one or two times a week we haven't figured that out yet but like hey we're just doing donaher's leg locks for this whole semester you know so these are a bunch of things we're rolling out like now and then at the new gym so the new schedule is going to be dope hell yeah so how do you when you're doing your lecture notes um how much of it are you having to memorize like what you're going to say in the order of what you're going to say beforehand and how much of it is you just basically having a conversation about the subject it's a little of both man like i think like the lecture notes are like the the points i'm going to bring up and then i'm going to step away from them and engage with them like you know like hey that stuff i just read that the book talks about here's what i think about it yeah you know like in a in a is unbiased of a thing like here's my spin on it like what do you guys think um that's That's really cool that you asked them too yeah and that's something that you got to get creative with too here's something i'm doing i'm doing two things i've been telling people about this that i'm i'm excited about this semester i haven't done right uh is test reviews like well you know you i want to prepare them right Mm -hmm. i want them to like not go into it being like what's going to be on it like that study guy he put on blackboard with all the words right those words are going to be on you know and so it's just like i'm going to do this i'm going to take the test in i'm going to hand i'm going to put them all in groups i'm going to hand each group a page i'm going to say you can't use anything Mm -hmm. except each other to answer the questions 
this is what's going to be on it. Like you could, I don't care if you take a picture of the page with your phone or something like that. I, don't, I really don't care if you do that, but mm-hmm. like you can't use your phone to look up the answer. You can't look in the book. You have to talk with each other. Yeah. Your group has 10 minutes to answer the page and then um, you're going to present and I will tell you which ones are wrong. And at the end of the class, I'll say, you guys need to study these seven or whatever but like basically like almost you get a little bit of group think going on within groups but also like nobody has the complete test yeah but then i'm gonna make somebody from each group nominate and speak about their page yeah this is what we think the answer to number two is that's really engaging and that's something that like i had very few classes that had a similar structure but the ones i did i loved and it's kind of different in stem classes when you're doing something that is very cut and dry a plus b equals c like you just have to memorize how to do this step versus something like history where you're talking about like political implications about what happened here and how it affects things in the future and like how that got us where we are today and how that like you could do so much with like are we repeating history like what's going on in the world and how it relates to what we've been before what can we learn from the mistakes of the past so we don't make it again in the future and like that's so deeper and more engaging than something like okay remember how if you see these two things you can combine them to make this thing yeah classes like that are fun yeah uh, so, are you familiar with the Salem witch trials? Very little. Just um, I've seen a couple documentaries on like Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, yeah. it maybe uh, there there is some stuff on Netflix. There's I'm trying to think of recent stuff. But you ever see the OG movie? Uh, it came out in the '90s, I believe. I, th- I think like '95. But it it has Daniel Day Lewis and Winona Ryder in it and other famous people. Uh, it has Aegon Targaryen or the old guy Ma- Ma- Maester Aemon yeah. from Game of Thrones. It's got him in it. Okay. Uh, he's like a villager. Uh, but it's uh, the Crucible. The Crucible is is the name of it. But it's actually this dude Arthur Miller in the fifties wrote it about the communism and uh, witch hunt in Hollywood. Yeah, and he wrote it as like a metaphor, right? But he based oh, it off shit. of true shit. So, um, you ever played the game Mafia a few years back? That was a popular probably when you were like high school age. I think I've played it on a it's like cell phone. A, it's before. like a group game and like there's like a sheriff yes. and there's mob members. Yeah, I played that with my and, roommates yeah, yeah, yeah. on a phone before. You're the Mafia. You yeah. got to figure out. Like somebody narrates the game and they, they hand out who's who mm-hmm. or whatever. And everybody's got like little things that they either know or things that they can do that's different than everyone else. Yes, 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 like yes. One yes. person's trying to get caught. One person's trying to figure out who the mafia is one person's trying to do other the like, sheriff right. yeah so like what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna i'm gonna take all the i'm making them write a, a basically a film review critical analysis of the historiosity of the crucible okay but before we do all that i'm gonna be like all right guys so uh we got the sheriff we got a dozen villagers we've got the doctor that's like the a mafia there's a doctor character we got um you know uh, uh, the town mob members that are t- that are looking for the witches over here um and we've got three witches find the witch you have 50 minutes or actually it'll be less time than that because i gotta save some time at the end yeah and some time at the beginning Dude, that'd be fun but but the thing is here's the hook should I say they might be watching? You, does your students watch this? I don't know. I guess I just realized I can only do that once. Damn it! There is no witch. Okay. 
Yeah, because as soon as that they're going to turn on each other, though, just like in the movie. Yeah. So if they tell their friends about it, then I bet people find the gimmick out. But it'll be good to do a semester. That's the thing is you gotta you gotta make changes like like that mm-hmm. in the test review, like every semester. Like, like, cause of what you just said, like you had an engineering degree, right? Uh, almost. Did. Almost. Yeah. What'd you end up getting? Um, I dropped out before I got my degree, but you're super close, right? I got like a semester left. Yeah. yeah. You do later. Yeah. You're not going to use it anyway. Yeah, I'm not. Right. Well, I dropped out because I mean, I've got some, I just didn't want another student loan when I figured out I was going to do stand up. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to put all my eggs in that basket. Cause if I don't, I won't do it. And so I was like, I'm just going to hit this as hard as I can and try to take the same work ethic and apply it to that. And so I just put all my eggs in that basket. Dude, I'm so fortunate that I can do what I do right here. Yeah. You know, right here in Russell. Like, and I've traveled all over. Like, I haven't been out of the country very much. And I, I think I want to do that when I'm when I'm like in my 40s, honestly. That's when I really want to travel the world. I think that's – I'll feel super – That's calm. one of my favorite parts about doing stand-up is getting to – like see the whole country yeah now tra- traveling all over the u.s man the only but there's still places i've never been i've never been to new york city yeah uh, i've been to dc but that's as far really as far to the northeast and that's not really that far that's technically still in the south yeah. <laughs> like that's that was one of the concessions you got to put the the capital in the south <laughs> all right like that when we first um started establishing the the new nation post 1776 yeah anyway my i've really been interested here lately in going to the places that i've read about and like going and seeing and like because when you get there once you arrive at a place especially if it's a place you've been before and you didn't know then you read something cool about that place yeah, and you go back it change, like the white saying with judith it changes the meaning yeah you go back and all of a sudden like you don't realize how much history is there that's and then interesting you read me. something like graham hancock stuff and then all of a sudden you're like how many of those are layered back in history here that i have oh. no idea what happened here did you ever look into how many pyramids are in just south america in comparison like more more many times like possibly even hundreds of times over yeah. than all of the pyramids in the rest of the entire world dude i've watched way too many youtube videos some nights when i get really bored but i'll uh i'll watch the thing about nikola tesla and what he thought of pyramids oh, yeah. and how he thought somehow he thought they were uh, the ancient. secret to uh um creating energy or something uh, something about energy and I've seen that theory how they're all like lined up on these certain magnetic. Not only that, but the math of them themselves, like the way they're built and stuff, like something about them has like has numbers in it, like pi, like something we haven't discovered yet, but like something that could be as universal yeah. as pi in it wow. that um, apparently relates to creating energy. And then if you think about like think about all this stuff we don't know that's been lost that yeah. we never knew about uh, that we haven't discovered to think about all the stuff that we're going to discover dude joe rogan brought this up the other day and it blew my mind he's like what if this all this ai like all the all the machines he's like what if that is how the god gods are going to reveal them it's like the, like this is the being the infrastructure that is being built like a beehive is the same every time right this is not the same as what we have seen historically, like like post enlightenment and into the industrial revolution, or if you want to say from the printing press forward, like all of that shit, the industrial revolution forward, technology, AI, all of that is uh, going to be the mode in which 
you know, some sort of meta, for lack of a better term, metaphoric, like a rapture occurs, like that'll be how the God makes contact. Is this that's the infrastructure? We're 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 the worker ants building the infrastructure. Holy shit, that blows my mind, dude. I, I don't know if it's true. I mean, that's badass though. And like thinking that about blows, it, that blows your mind though. Yeah, it does. Like, because it's because none of us really know, so it's fun to think about like what is the nature of consciousness and like what makes us is it just intelligence alone and computing power of that makes us different than like say a dog or another animal another mammal or like what is it about consciousness that like we all at least hope for some sort of afterlife and we all like have either have archetypes about it we have like you have vision quests for it you have so many things that it is it is the inherent it, it, you know why and what's next right right where did i go you know why am i here where did i come from who made me and then then it's like well what happens after i die yeah and like it's fun to think so you could go like just thinking about like what if we're building the infrastructure for ai and how the implications that could have for something like that if that is the way the gods manifest themselves or god comes yeah. back for something like whatever whatever lens you want to look at it through like that's that's really cool and fun to think about i know it blew my mind when i was like a like a, a explosion of consciousness and like like honestly like it, sometimes and it may just be within like a certain thing like like jujitsu i see it a lot but like you ever see like somebody get their mind blown like like you just saw you get your mind blown yeah right? you're up i'm like yeah that blew my mind too it does blow your mind but like that is you could literally maybe interpret that as a uh, a physical expansion of consciousness like oh you didn't knew that and it, you didn't know that and it blew your mind now you know it so yeah but yeah like i see like people get their mind blown with jujitsu a lot mm -hmm. even advanced strength so they'll be seeing something like jack will be showing something or and they're just like you guys seeing this <laughs> well you know and it's just like yeah and especially like that was there the whole time and they never saw it and then you show it to them and then boom it's Dude, like here's what uh my my best friend colby at this one seminar i was getting my mind blown and and he and he held me in such a high regard at, at that time and still does you yeah know? but he saw how much i was getting my mind blown and it blew his mind <laughs> how much my mind was being blown because yeah. he, he's just like how is this dude blowing brian's mind and, and that that's that's the thing though is like we can always learn and expand our consciousness we can always brighten the room and you just get like, oh man, it's we're just such a flood of negative thoughts. Right. And the cool thing is that those moments, those ideas, those perspectives that blow your mind, like those really profound things, they're always there. You just have to find it. And then you like, like once you get like, especially with jokes, like once you figure out how to get to one or how to like a twist or something that you've never seen before, or mm -hmm. like a, some philosophical point of view, you've like, maybe it's outrageous. Maybe it's really exaggerated, but it, it's really funny. Like you, once you do that, like it gets addicting. You're like, how many of those can I find? Cause they're always there. Yeah. And then you just want to keep going and keep going and keep going. Yeah. And that's man, like, like that's that's logic that's patterns you yeah. know is to to that's what i've been fascinated about jujitsu about music uh, is it's 
people want to say it's math, but I like to say that math is based on logic and logic is philosophy, right? But it's it's an approach. It's just like I remember when I took logic, it changed. I started thinking about things and lists and patterns and mm-hmm. um, organizing bodies of information in different ways, plug and playing this here. Like it literally changed the way I thought. But um, that's a cool, like people call Tool a, a, a math rock band, right? Because they have such like unique timing signatures to mm-hmm. what they do but that sort of stuff you see that in everything symmetry and artwork uh sculpture and i just like too like um like seeing somebody getting their mind blown or whatever you like the emoji or whatever it is but like also this this one the thinking man mm-hmm. right i like thinking about um ancient sculptures like why did he sculpt that Right. I've been thinking about, um, like, here lately I've been listening to older music, like, really older, like, 15th, 16th century stuff, That anything that I can find on Spotify. I don't even know who that would be. Beethoven? Is that him? Is that he from that era? I don't know. I don't know specifically when he's from, but, like, listening to Bach. Somebody who's a Beethoven fan is listening to this in the future and is pissed at me. I have no idea. I'm not a music guy. I just, I like listening to it. I'm like the what do you want to call it the uh, the bro science guy of old music, yeah. Where I just hey, I had a I had my first physics professor and first scientist on the podcast, yeah. So and she's can I hope she's going to be like my um, Rhonda Patrick, but of physics, Hell I don't, yeah. or my Neil deGrasse Tyson. What was the uh, biggest thing that she revealed that you didn't know before she came on, dude? She think? was talking about. super micro measurements like it's close to like picograms if she mm-hmm. can out following like the picogram john jones yeah. thing and she's talking about like basically you you poke a hole in something or you know some sort of a oh like it just depends on I, I she was explaining what she was using for her experiment i did not follow that part but you make a hole in something and then you pass things through that hole that are cylindrical in shape and you study the delivery of them so like think about like a needle entering into the body mm-hmm. and the delivery of a medicine through that technology and so like basically being able to to do things down on a micro level uh, if I could explore, I, 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 we talked about some of the applications, but like, you know, in, intravenous delivery or so, like uh, injecting like a cancer tumor. Yeah. Like that's what she, that one of the points she made. And I was like, whoa, that's insane. Yeah. But she, she got her PhD in physics. She's from India too. Cool. Super cool. Um, I haven't uploaded that episode yet. I, I'm a little, I'm a little behind on my uploads at, at in service. Yeah, whenever you upload it, I, tag I, me. I definitely I'm, want yeah, to I will. I will. You'll see me share it, and I'm going to try and get that. I've got a couple more I need to upload, some stuff I just need to finish the description on, share, schedule. Yeah. I plan on doing all that uh, as soon as possible. It's got to get done this week because I have uh, two podcasts I haven't uploaded, and I need to get them uploaded. So, yeah. But, dude, let's uh, before we wrap it up, let's talk about uh, like what, like what you've been up to. Because uh, we talked about it a little bit off camera um, when we took a break and stuff, but you're no longer living in Arkansas. You're back here. You're doing some shows, so plug those. But before that, just kind of tell tell us what you've been up to, man. Yeah, man. I, um, I'm i living in Los Angeles now. I live uh, in North Hollywood. And during the day, I work at Flappers Comedy Club. I work in their guest appreciation office. So I, um, when 
there's shows that are underselling or comics that like need help fill in the room call people give them complimentary tickets and it's really cool because especially like say we'll have six shows that are need to be filled three of them i got friends on that like i personally know them i know their stand-up yeah. i know what their jokes are like so i can sell that on the phone like i like oh i know this guy i know this is the kind of jokes he likes and i can be humorous like him or like them on the phone and like paint that picture so people are way more likely to come in versus if you're just like hey we've got joe schmo you've never heard of him you want to come this weekend and yeah. so anytime there's uh shows on and th with comics that i've worked with it always makes it easier for me to get people to come in to see those shows and so right now i'm just trying to get on as many shows and meet as many comics and work with them as i can because it'll just help me and my job make me better during the day do you're doing the comedian equivalent to me like going to seminars and private lessons and competing in jiu-jitsu competitions and going to grad school and all the shit yeah. i had to do man like that that's it that's like that's awesome that I, that's awesome you took the dive and moved to california man. dude it's been a that's huge commitment experience but it's it's made me get really disciplined it's made me like grow up in a lot of ways because i've got like only a finite amount of resources and I've got it. Everything's so expensive out there. I've got to work and stay on top of my game and make sure that um, making it worth it. Cause my son's back here. So every day I'm out there working, I'm not back here spending it with my son. Yeah. So I've got to like, if I'm not going and hitting mice or doing shows or doing something, I'm at house writing, reading, trying to get better. Cause if not, what am I doing out there? Yeah. And so it keeps me grounded. But uh, the next show I have, I've all week, I don't know when this will come out, but. Uh, Dude, I, when is your first show? And I will try and post this episode before because. It is tomorrow. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. My first show will be tomorrow, Wednesday, January 8th, from the 8th to the 11th. We got two shows on Friday and two shows on Saturday. Come out to the Looney Bin. We got um, Isaac Allen. He's going to be featuring. He's, he's hilarious, dude. He's one of the door guys at the comedy store. And so it was really cool. I was actually. Um, at an open mic last night and I was talking about some of the people uh, with some of my local comics that are my friends. I was like, these guys that I've seen, they're really funny. One of them, he's a door guy. That, and I mentioned him and then he walks in the damn door and I was like, yeah. oh shit, you're the feature this week. And so like, I get to work with him for the first time, which is f dope. I'm really excited about it. And then uh, Johnny Beaner, he's headlining. He's really funny. I saw him last year when he came through. So it's going to be really fun shows all week. Nice, nice, man. Dude, did you see Bryce Mitchell was on Theo Vaughn's podcast? No, I didn't. I'm Arkansas represent, that. dude. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. I, love I, that. I, I hope share that all of his because shit. Uh, Eddie Bravo and the in the in the Twister and shit. Yeah. I hope that Bryce goes on Joe Rogan. That'd be dope. Bryce has been on this podcast, has he? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Represent, dude. He's set right there. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, Bryce is such a good guy, man. I He's really one of my favorite fighters on the roster right now. I like. Um, also, I follow Chase Outlaw. He's a uh, bull rider from Arkansas. And I've been watching him for a long time on the PBR, but he's this past year, I think he got third in the world. Like he damn near won the world championship in bull riding, which is a huge fucking deal coming from Arkansas. And so like he might win it this year. So you remember that movie eight seconds. Hell yeah. Dude, I grew up on that movie. Uh, which I like Luke Perry, rest in peace. Bro. Yeah. Damn. But somebody was like, Oh, you remember Luke Perry from some like bullshit he did later on in life and it was like it was like the eight seconds yeah. like him doing the wave or whatever and it's like this is my Luke Perry because <laughs> wasn't that Luke Perry yeah I'm almost positive yeah that it was that, was that mean yeah, yeah. But, but I hadn't seen eight seconds dude in pro forever dude it's got one of the funniest lines in it it's got um when uh the Baldwin brother I forget his name uh he's playing t the character of Tough Hedeman yeah and, yeah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Lane gets his ball stepped on by a bull, and he's going back in the tent, and his girlfriend's rushing over there. And uh, uh, maybe it's Cody Lambert, this character, that says this. But anyway, he's like, well, he's not going to be so romantic for a while, but he's going to be all right. I like, think just that the way is he says Baldwin, it, yeah. And the timing that he says it, it's so is funny. Stephen Baldwin? Maybe. Man, know. he's my favorite Baldwin brother. Yeah. It's a good movie. I like yeah. that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, um, anything, uh, anything else exciting uh, you got going on in the future, man? I know you're doing shows this week. You got any shows coming up uh, out on the West Coast? Or what are your future goals, man? What we, what do you got going on in the future? Um, I've got this gr- an idea for a show that I'm about to start uh, called Set with the Bet. So if you follow me on social media, um, it's at Bear the Comic, B-A-I-R-T-H-E-C-O-M-I-C. But uh, follow me there. I'll be releasing stuff about it because we're going to get it started back this year. But um, we got a great house show in our backyard that a dude named Kyle Anderson puts on. He's a great producer, hilarious comic. He's from Vegas. That's where he started. And a uh, really good dude. And he packs our backyard. We built a stage in our backyard, and he packs it. It's like standing room only, 100 people. Nice. And he has some hellacious shows on there. Like we had Josh Wolf on one. We had uh, um, Ali McCoskey was on one. Like it, it's been a awesome time and we got people from the comedy store coming over and popping in and getting up you on guys need to have a game of basketball going out front or something <laughs> man like hell yeah that's what i like i'm picturing like the basketball house for some reason when you're talking to me about this <laughs> like just debauchery like a debauchery going on the driveway well it stays back. like it's well, not debauchery but it stays know, tame and everybody's like really chill and has everybody's just there to laugh and it stay and our neighbors are real cool with it so we, we don't that's go nice past like 11 or midnight on the and it's only on like every other saturday or like one saturday a month yeah one saturday a month but uh so it's not going on that often and so the neighbors are chill with it and it's a great time if you're in los angeles come check it out it's fun yeah is it just in a neighborhood you guys just live in yeah we just live in a neighborhood in north hollywood and we got a really cool backyard and we have people over all the time. Dude. We call it the Arkansas House. It's on social media as the Arkansas House. And there's everybody in the house has been on Kill Tony except me. So I keep putting my name in. I just hadn't got my name drawn yet. Just bad bucket luck. So eventually um, I'll go on Kill Tony. But everybody in the Arkansas House has been on Kill Tony. So you can see them all. All Arkansas comics that you look yeah. at, you said. Yeah. Fast. And we're we're all really funny. Like, come check us out. We're I've seen a lot of comedy in L.A. And there's a lot of. I mean, we're all mostly open micers that are just now getting on the road and just now getting sales, but like, come check us out. We're funny and we love to put on great shows. We'll perform for anybody. We perform for every demographic, every, like, you name it. We'll like, we just love making people laugh. Yeah, dude. That's awesome. You people hear this dude does what he wants and uh, you can do that too. Hell yeah. That's (laughs) like, uh, so many people don't get that. You could just, man, live a passion-filled life i've just been telling people this lately like uh, a lot of people that <clears throat> have some job that they don't like or not chasing something like you chase or like i'm chasing or whatever like really just like this is who i am type yeah. of a thing not like yeah i do this but i would really don't know what i want to do i'd like to do i mean people get bogged down and they just never make the leap but i just been telling people this it's like just know this like i i stress and suffer the same as as the 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 human being that works in the cubicle yeah like in terms of like all the all the bullshit of life i deal with that as much and maybe even more in some ways just due to the nature of the beast of I deal, like i deal with it too i deal with it in having to go to shitty open mics i deal with having to bomb incessantly and getting 
like there's a lot of negative to it when like you especially go through long runs of bombs when you just can't find the right way to express your voice or like you're mm. and you're not being funny like it gets challenging because then you're like okay am i really good enough for this And you start questioning yourself and there's it's not just all like a big party in a game of roses like you gotta see questions are good it's just like but negative self-talk is bad yeah but it, it's so like i'm like it's so hard. I'm the same way. Like, I just try and talk about it in jujitsu because we're doing these new warm ups and I suck at some of them. Some yeah. of them I'm good at. <clears throat> but it's like, hey, hey, I'm just learning this too, by the way. Yeah. That's right. because I want to get better at jujitsu. But you got to take risk and then you got to step back and ask yourself. And really, me doing these warm ups was kind of born out of the idea of stepping back and being like, what could I do differently? Yeah. And then a lot of things I got going on right now, like documenting things, whatever it is, it's like, I'm going to do things differently. You can't, cause you get complacent. Mm-hmm. Like it may be even every six months you get complacent, but like I've been, I've been, compl- I was just recently complacent for like three years. I say complacent. Like I got a full-time job as a professor. I started this podcast. Like, that, that's complacent for me. Yeah. I did a hundred episodes on my podcast, like, or whatever. I'll put 600 videos on my gym, YouTube. Like that's complacent times. Cause there's all these other things I want to do that mm-hmm. I feel like I can't do, you know, but, um, well, like complacent about exercise or making excuses for not reading books. So then f- starting to find a way to listen to them or whatever, man, it's, and dude, it's so cool to see other people that are experiencing the same things through life and the same like the same human struggles we all go through no matter what we choose to do and you see that just like you just gotta just pick whatever like either pick or it's gonna get picked for you and you're not gonna be able to escape something and that's what i did i was like i saw myself all my friends that graduated with their engineering degrees i saw like the what they were doing and the way they were living life and how much they were having to work and what they were having to put in and i was like i'm not that passionate like i don't care enough to do that and then i found this i was like i'd rather do this and live under a bridge if it comes that, but I won't, I won't live under a bridge cause I won't quit working at it. The same thing, dude. I was so broke. Like when I first started coaching and teaching martial arts and when I first opened my gym, I was, and like college students pay the now pay the lowest possible rate at the whole gym because we're like, like there's a guy came in and he was like, Hey, can I let pay by class? And he like moved here from Batesville or some somewhere. And I was like, dude, how much did you pay in Batesville? And he was like, you know, like this much. I was like, dude, what did it do for that? Which is actually cheaper than I do college students for. But I was like, and you know why we'll do it for that? Because I was broke as fuck getting a master's degree and had surgery while halfway through my graduate degree on my hernia and took a semester off and went back and finished. And that takes a lot. It did. It did. And then six months after hernia surgery, I competed in like a big jiu-jitsu tournament i yeah. don't remember what i was doing but i remember when i was like laid up after that hernia repair i was 12 staples super hard recovery i was like dude i don't even, i'm never even build jiu-jitsu again so i felt damn you know like i couldn't stand up straight for weeks and especially for somebody like you like that's what you've built your life around dude like it that. took it took the wind out of my sails but that's actually why i started competing more yeah and that was one of my <clears throat> drives as i was like wasn't going to be put down from it yeah i was going to come back and i man that was i, I actually it was super weird dude like that's awesome what it teaches you about yourself like what you're willing to come back from yeah. like that's like no matter how negative i get on myself or how critical i get of like how much i'm pushing forward like damn i forgot what i was gonna say 
dude, it happens all Fuck the time, it. man. That's the downside of like a long term conversation, long form or whatever. Yeah. It was like I'll forget shit like that and be like, What we're talking about? And then it'll pop back in. But it's like, dude, hey, you know, we're out of practice. Maybe maybe you're not because you, you well I mean I speak a lot too. I teach. Yeah. But I tell people this about podcasting all the time. It's like, yeah, when's the last time you just sat down and talked to somebody for two hours? That wasn't like your wife or your best friend. Like, that's something, that's a skill that I didn't realize I had to sharpen. Like, I remember the first time I was on here, I went back and listened to it. You're on my second or third episode, too. Yeah, and I just, like, started doing stand-up, and so I hadn't been on very many podcasts, and I remember just sitting here, and the whole time I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't yeah, really contributing. I hadn't done very many podcasts. This and, has been a good episode, though. Yeah, bro. I've had a lot of really fun, has. man. So this is like one awesome. of the best. Uh, I, that's why I want to get it up fast. Really, the editing doesn't take a long time. Why well, I was mentioning earlier before we started about getting faster internet, the upload. But I can upload from work, and it's faster. I just got to lag my yeah. Mac back and forth. Um, but uh, the just the rendering the video. Mm-hmm. Like, once I import the video, edit it, that's like 10 minutes tops, honestly. Uh, and then, but once I go to, um, render it, dude, it might take seven hours, Damn. depending on the length, depending on like, like a three hour, it's going to take seven hours. If it's a three hour podcast, it's going to take seven, eight hours for sure. Damn. Just to render it, to make it to where I can upload it. Yeah. Right. I think with the software I'm using and with my laptop, I've never had a seven hour wait, but I've never, I think the longest one I've rendered is like an hour and a half. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. It's like. Like right at 70 minutes. Yeah. So I haven't had to do a three hour one. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, um, you know, I've had it take a while and like I'm, I'm doing a lot of my editing on an older Mac. Mm-hmm. One of the, uh, another goal in the new studios to get a bit, whether I get, I want to build a custom computer just for, just for, I would like to not get a TriCaster or have to rely on a, a physical switch or doing, I just want to get um, a, a computer built for podcasts. I want to build a computer for podcasts. That'd be dope. I mean, I can do it for less than two grand. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got another TV like this uh, and even another one that I wouldn't want to put on the wall because we use it for stuff at the gym for like kids events and stuff, but that I could really, um, man, I could really hook all that in and like using my monitors i think hell yeah 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 well bro thanks so much for coming on dude i really appreciate you making the trip down thanks for having me on man i had a great time let me know when you're back in town i'll try and keep an eye out and uh and keep up with you because i've been oh i'm getting sit down catch up and just and just hear your perspective about what you've been doing chasing your dreams and what it's like man because it's different yeah it really is it's not the norm and every i tell i told i told my chiropractor today everybody in my life told me that i was like why are you getting a history degree like what are you gonna do i'm gonna make forty five thousand dollars last year hell yeah teaching like you know be working like 25 30 hours a week yeah that's a great living it it really is doing something i enjoy 25 30 hours a week especially here where cost of living is so low compared to other places in the country like well, and it's it gives me great it's great practice and experience for future things I want to do within this podcast and and otherwise. So it's you know it's 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 putting my time to become a scholar and to become more of an academic and an intellectual and, and all that. So well, it definitely impacts the community because that's how I met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of my um, students from the gym today, the newer, newer guy. He's just like, dude, I was on like twenty year podcast. I was like thanks bro you want to come on sometime it's like him and his two buddies like one of them is like a, a vet has been deployed i think and he said in afghanistan but they're both paramedics 
yeah, this is fucked up shit all yeah. the time. I was like, I would, that's another thing. Like I, I, I go out like having these types of conversations with like trades workers and then like what I would call like civil servants. Like I want to have more, uh, vets, more law enforcement types, EMS. Like, dude, we actually, all of those people at the gym turn for free because it's just like yeah unique not plumbers and stuff like that but yeah. the, the civil servant types yeah you know, firefighters too but that's interesting it's like it's interesting because imagine the trauma that they could run into no shit and imagine like especially for the police um like how much that impacts not only their safety but the safety of the community the safety of like police and the way to de-escalate something non-violently <laughs> when you're, you're talking about like police getting involved in shootings where they were so scared and where other things like if you like if you're trained in jujitsu and you like go yeah. through that like it's gonna make a difference oh, versus yeah. somebody that's not oh, and in yeah. their level of confidence and ability to stay calm and the ability to handle the situation like somebody put a video out of, of a jujitsu bite belt like them trying to arrest him or something like that they do that. <laughs> super funny they're just yeah. making a point but that's i mean why wouldn't you? And that's, we offer some classes in the morning. McMillan, he teaches yeah. them. He's a great dude. I don't see why it's not more standard when it's like, it's so effective. It's the and PE it's so, and Dubois, you know, like, but here we are yeah. with, uh, you know, whatever, pickleball. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Well, dude, um, one more recap on the shows. You got one tomorrow and you're doing shows throughout the... Um, throughout the week. So I got one show tomorrow night at the Looney Band. starts at 7.30. There'll be an open mic before where all the locals come up and then they'll do the people that are at the, there at the Looney Band that week. Um, Thursday night, we got a show. starts at 7.30. Friday night, um, 7.30 and then again at either 9.30 or 10. There's two shows and the same thing Saturday. Cool, cool. So January 8th through the 11th. Yeah, we're uh, we're recording on the 7th. I'm going to try and get this up before uh, before your first show tomorrow, man. So. Hell yeah. Well, if All you're right, in Arkansas, bro. come out. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Signing off, guys. Thanks. Thank you.